Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse, along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, where the Indians are taking on the Houston Astros on this Memorial Day weekend. The White Sox come in on Memorial Day Monday, and they'll open up a three-game series on Monday afternoon to close out the homestand. And it's been a struggle so far for the Tribe since returning home off the road, dropping the first two games of the series to the Astros on Thursday and Friday nights. Coming up on this week's show, we'll hear from Indian Cy Young Award winner Corey Kluber, who's had a tremendous season so far. Also, the newest member of the Tribe starting rotation, who's 2-0 on the season, Adam Pletko. Carl Willis, Indians pitching coach, will stop by. And we'll also hear from James Harris, the Indians Director of Player Development, with the Weekly Farm Report. That's all coming your way shortly as Tribe Talk gets rolling on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Buckle up, folks. Here we go again. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Look, I know you're not looking for any sympathy. Managing's a tough job, but do you really have a tough time when you're in the dugout now, Tito, late in games, trying to figure out just exactly who can I go and trust? You know, it, it's it's not been our best run, and, and and our relievers know that. But 
The last thing, one, we're going to do, they're point fingers because we don't do that. It's not helpful. The biggest thing we can do is push, 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 you know, grind through it together. And, you know, you know the old saying, you're never as good as you think you are when you're going good and you're never as bad as you are. So we're probably somewhere in the middle. Now we just got to fight through it and get there. Deep breath, Tribe fans. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Time for our week in review. And after an off day in Chicago on Monday, the Indians opened a two-game series with the Chicago Cubs Tuesday night at historic Wrigley Field. And heading into the series, the Indians were going through some tough times on a three-city road swing. They dropped two out of three in Detroit last week, and they also dropped two out of three in Houston last weekend. But in Chicago, things would turn. As on Tuesday night, it was Trevor Bauer against Tyler Chatwood, the pitching matchup. And we begin with some defense from the Tribe. Yonder Alonzo flashing some leather early. He delivers. Silver spangs it to first. Diving to the line. Smothered by Alonzo. Gets up. Dives to first and makes the play on Zobrist. Twice, Yonder Alonzo had to dive to get an out on Ben Zobrist. What a play. He dove to the line to take that hot smash away from Zobrist and kept it from getting into the corner. He got up, ran a few steps, then dove again to the bag and just beat Ben Zobrist with a diving tag on the bag. Well, and sometimes that can really set the tone, and it seemed to for the Indians. The game was scoreless in the third inning when Jose Ramirez came up with two men on. Now Chatwood's ready. Here it comes. A swing and a drive, headed to deep right field, away, back, and gone! Jose Ramirez puts it in the basket above the ivy and above the wall in right. His 14th home run of the season, a three-run blast. What an at-bat for Ramirez. He hit one home run foul. He blistered another ball foul down the right field line. And then he drills a three-run home run to right. Ramirez now 14 homers, 34 RBIs, 3-0 Indians. The second home run all year off Tyler Chatwood. Roberto Perez would add a sacrifice fly in that third inning to make it 4-0. And then in the fourth inning, Melky Cabrera came through for the first time as a Cleveland Indian. Here's the pitch to him. Swung on, line to third, pass Bryant down the left field line. That will score Brantley easily. On his way to third is Alonzo and into second base with an RBI double. And his first hit as a Cleveland Indian is Melky Cabrera. And the Tribe is now in front 5-0. The next batter was Jason Kipnis and the route was on. The 2-1 swung on, grounded through the right side, a base hit. One run is in. That's Alonzo rounding third, heading for home. Cabrera, he slides safe at home plate. Just ahead of the throw from Zobrist. It's a two-run single for Jason Kipnis, and the Tribe is now in front 7-0. Boy, how often in this early season has Kipnis hit in hard luck? Hit the ball hard, nothing to show for it. That time a simple ground ball through the right side, and he plates two. And Indians getting it done with some two-out thunder here. Average-wise, it's it's been a struggle for Alonso against the lefties. 
hitting 163, but three homers, including the Grand Slam. The 2-0 swung on, and there's a drive to deep right center field. This ball's way back there, and it splits the gap. One hop up against the wall. One run is in. Lindor's in a second run. Ramirez will score a third run, and it's a three-run double for Yonder Alonso. 10-0 Tribe. Alonzo comes up big, and the route is on at Wrigley. Boy, Alonzo hung in there, got a pitch he could drive up the alley in right center field, one-hopped it into the ivy, and three runs score. What a night for Alonzo. Three hits, and now the RBI total on the year at 26. And on a day where Trevor Bauer didn't necessarily have his best stuff, he showed why he's rising in the ranks of some of the top pitchers in baseball. With a 10-0 lead, even though the Indians have had bullpen issues, Terry Francona is confident going to the bullpen with this kind of a lead. Andrew Miller is good to go tonight. Here's the set. Here's the pitch. And it's swung on, bounced toward third. Field by Ramirez. He'll throw across the diamond. Low throw, good scoop by Yonder Alonso. So Bauer works out of it again, and the Cubs have stranded a small village. Cleveland 10, Chicago nothing. So a 10-1 final score at Wrigley Field on Tuesday night. The next day on Indians warm-up, Terry Francona talked about yet another solid outing for Trevor Bauer. He's doing a really good job. I mean, he's anytime guys back up starts, you know, I mean, I mean, Throwing a good major league game is hard enough, but when the guys start to back them up, you know, Kluber's been doing it now for years, that's when, you know, you see the team get a confidence behind them when they know that guy's going out there that night. They're like, okay, we just we play our game. We're going to have a good chance to win. On to Wednesday, and the game couldn't have been any different from Tuesday night's blowout win for the Tribe. This one was close from the get-go and stayed that way all the way through. It was an old-fashioned pitcher's duel featuring John Lester, the savvy veteran for the Chicago Cubs, against the rookie for the Indians, Adam Pletko, making his second major league start of the season. And again, it was early defense from the Tribe in this one. Here's Pletko's pitch, and it's swung on, driven to center deep. Back on it, Davis at the wall. He leaps, and he makes the catch. Gets swallowed up by the Ivy, escapes and throws it back in as the runners scramble back. What a play by Rajay Davis in left center field. So that kept things scoreless, and then in the third inning, the Indians had what would turn out to be a rare scoring opportunity against Lester, and there's no one else you'd want at the plate more than Michael Brantley. Here's the pitch. Swung on, line drive, shallow right center. It falls in for a base hit. Rounding third and scoring the game's first run. Rajay Davis. The Tribe is up 1-0 on the RBI single by Michael Brantley. So the Tribe had a lead, and the rest of the night belonged to Adam Pletko. Pletko's into the wind. Here's his pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to left. But way up there and plenty of room for Michael Brantley. He makes the catch. Side retired in order. And Plutko continues to cruise. He's now set down seven in a row. Now John Lester, who bounced a short first time up. He swings and lines one to left center. Right there is Rajay Davis to make the catch. Another three-up, three-down inning. 
And Plutko has a no-hitter through five. One-nothing Indians, bottom of the sixth inning. Plutko's into the wind. Here it comes. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to left. Can of corn for Michael Brantley. He's under it, makes the catch. Side retired in order again. Six complete. Plutko still with a no-hitter as we head to the seventh. One-nothing Tribe. What a performance by Pletko, who gave up the first hit of the night to the Cubs' Anthony Rizzo, leading off the seventh inning. So still a one-nothing ball game, and then the Cubs put together a scoring chance of their own. Runners on the corners, nobody out. Andrew Miller gets the call, and he was vintage Andrew Miller. Here's the 2-2. Swung on, slow ground ball to the first base side. Encarnacion with it, steps on the bag. In time for the out, and Miller does the job. He came on with a couple of men aboard, nobody out, and he works out of it, and we will head to the eighth inning. The Indians still in front, one nothing here in Chicago. Miller got the first two outs in the eighth before turning things over to Cody Allen, who finished the eighth inning and then closed it out in the ninth. There's a swing and a high fly ball to shallow left center. This ought to do it. Davis is there. He makes the catch. And the Indians, they win a white knuckler tonight in Chicago. Final score, the Tribe won, the Cubs nothing. What a ball game. After the game, Terry Francona talked about the impressive outing for Adam Pletko. It was a good ball game. There's a lot going on for a one nothing game. I mean, we start the game out, Plutko walks four of the first nine hitters. You know, Rajay's climbing into the ivy out there making plays. Brantley with a throw. But then Plutko settled down, and he kept him off the scoreboard. And, you know, pitched kind of like a veteran. Because, you know, we've, we've all seen it's easy easier when guys are commanding and hitting their spots and everything. But when you're not commanding, he didn't give in a bit. He pitched intelligently, and because of that, it gave us a chance to win. I know you mentioned going into the game, he's going to get some opportunities here. That wasn't just a one-shot deal. With that said, second inning, major command issues. What's going through your head at that point in terms of trying to save him maybe? Well, the biggest thing is trying to limit the damage. You know, okay, if you're going to give up one, not give up four. Well, he didn't give up any. Um, now, we played. we made some very good defensive plays. Um, we caught a break on the base running. We're happy, you know, ended up thinking it was going to fall. But, you know, again, you, when you play the game right, I think sometimes you give yourself those chances. I mean, even Plutko getting a bunt down. You know, he hasn't bunted since, I think, high school. And off John Lester, that's no day at the beach. And when you look at a, a, a night like he had last night, getting bunts down and, and working out of a jam early, uh, he seems mature beyond his years, but I know he's a little bit older, college-drafted kid. I agree, and I think, you know, being from UCLA and being that Friday night pitcher, I, I, I know it's not the major leagues, but it's still a high-profile program, and they're used to playing bigger games. I do think that helps with the maturity part. Um, I, I really think not just pitching last night, but being a part of the game, like you said, laying a bunt down, start to get that feeling of you're part of our ball club. You saw guys coming up to him, patting him on the back, and, and you know, when they see him competing out there, it, it, it starts to breed confidence, and you can tell he's starting to feel more and more what we're doing. You knew at some point Andrew Miller would be Andrew Miller again. 
Uh, what did you see last night that, that was really, really good? You know, the hope was, is because that's a tough situation, but you bring him in and he competes right off the bat because that's when he's at his best. And boy, did he ever. I mean, field this position. He made pitches. And, and I mean, I mean that's a heck of a one-to-nothing win. I mean, there's no getting around it. That Shoot, if, if, if somebody doesn't do something along the way, anybody, we lose that game. And now you turn around and play the Astros again. After a, a good series last weekend, the Astros took two out of three, but uh, you expect the good pitching. You're going to see it again this weekend. Offensively, uh, anything you can do to, to kind of spark some things against some great arms? Scratch and claw for everything you can get. And try not to chase out of the zone. And when they make a mistake, be ready for it. Now, that's easier said than done. But you got to fight for everything you can get because this is one of the better staffs I've ever seen. And when you look at the Astros, they're off to a good start after winning the World Series. We talk so much about uh, postseason hangover, however far you may go. It seems like they have eliminated that. What are you seeing from just the three games? I agree. The way they play the game is really, I mean, they play from start to finish. And now they got a, a ton of talent, but they keep coming at you. I mean, remember back in Houston last week, the game we won, they just kind of ran out of time because they were coming. And that's, you know, I hope that's the kind of team we are. Um, but I know from watching across the field, the, you got to respect the way they play. It's not doesn't mean you don't think you can win, but I think you got to respect the way they play. So the Indians came off the road with some momentum, a 4-4 four and four road trip, but they win the two games in Chicago to finish the trip. But well, any momentum did not carry over to the first two nights on the homestand. Bullpen issues again for the Indians as they lose Thursday night 8-2 to two, and then drop a ball game Friday night 11-2 to two, despite leading heading into the eighth inning 2-0. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Indian Cy Young Award winner Corey Kluber. That's after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. The 1-2 called strike three on the outside corner. Fastball at the knees. Correa strikes out. That is strikeout number five. And Kluber has now moved into a third-place tie on the all-time franchise strikeout list, Early Win and Bob Lemon. I mean, the names that he is now alongside, absolutely remarkable. And you feel like there's a ton left in the tank for Corey Kluber, the way he takes care of himself, prepares, and he's having another tremendous season. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Well, what a start it has been for Corey Kluber as he continues to flash that Cy Young form from a season ago over the first two months of 2018. Kluber 
was the first major league pitcher to seven wins and on Friday night was just terrific again in a no decision with six and a third innings of shutout baseball against the Houston Astros. Normally, or at least his track record has shown, Kluber is not necessarily at his best right out of the chute starting a season and then gets stronger and better and better as the season moves along. But this year, a different story. He has been tremendous here in the first two months of the year. And when we caught up with him earlier this week, he explained that it's fastball command that seems to be the biggest key to the quick start so far this season. I think my fastball command has probably been the biggest thing for me at this point. Um, usually, I shouldn't say usually, in the past, you know, early on, it, that's kind of been what has held me back is being able to command my fastball. You know, there's a difference between throwing strikes and throwing good strikes. Um, so I, I think that's just allowed me to, to execute my other pitches better as well. And is that something that, that you could feel in spring training that, that might be a possibility heading into the season? Not really. I mean, I feel like it's, you know, throughout the season, feelings will kind of come and go with, with pitches. Uh, so you're always trying to reel them in as, as quick as you can. So, you know, even if something feels good in spring training, it's not necessarily means it's going to translate into feeling good or vice versa. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's just one of those things you take it day by day. And your, your game Saturday, you're facing a, a real good Houston ball club, and, and you've had good success at Minute Maid Park in the past. And uh, how much does confidence, past performance, the factor into it to a good start, or, or is it still the, that same thing where once you start a, a new ball game, everything's different? I would say more so along those lines that, you know, once you start a game, it's different. Uh, you know, still, still in the same ballpark as I pitched previously or something like that. But, you know, I think that... Um, there's certain places where you might feel a little bit better visually than others, but for the most part, you know, you, once once the game starts, it's kind of starting from scratch, so to speak. When you look at, at durability, it's been a, a real nice start, not only for you, but, but most members of that starting rotation are, are able to pitch deep into games. And, and what's the key coming out of spring training to be able to do that early on and, and still feel good? Um, you know, I think it's just efficiency. I think that the key to, to pitching deep in the game is not throwing a lot of pitches, you know, not getting your pitch count up early. So that, I think, it, again, it goes back to, to fastball command, being able to command your pitches and, you know, get quick outs, um, keep guys off base, all those kind of things that, you know, avoid driving that pitch count up. You worked with an extra day's rest and your last start, and it looks like that'll that'll happen again for you coming up here. Uh, Two-part question. If, I know you like to go on that five-day routine. Why is that so important to you if you can work that in? Um, you know, I think that as a starting pitcher, you have a routine that you like to follow to get yourself ready for that day to pitch. And for the majority of, of the time, you're going to be thrown on, on a five-person rotation or a five-day rotation. Um, so that's kind of the routine that guys are most familiar with. Um, that being said, you know, if you have an extra day, you know, I think you just want to figure out a routine to work in that extra day. Um, so, you know, I think it's just a matter of figuring out what little adjustments you make on certain days to, to try to mimic what you would normally do if you had four days rest as opposed to the extra one. And you, you had that extra day the last time. It seemed like you were sharp on Saturday. Did Were there some benefits maybe to, to having that extra day at all that, that came into play on Saturday? Yeah, I think that there'll probably be benefits in the long run. You know, immediately I don't think it really is beneficial one way or the other, but I think the long run, you know, having 
having a couple extra days here and there probably is a good thing. Now your next start will be against the Astros again, and then rare, especially outside the division, to have a start against the same opponent back-to-back. What do you do to prepare for that and, and try and put together the same type of outing? Um, you know, I think you analyze what, what you did against them the last time out, and you kind of look at the way that they approached you or, you know, maybe adjustments that you thought they were making throughout the game, and maybe those will kind of give you a hint as to what they might might try to do against you the next time out, and you just try to adjust back to them. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not really that different than facing a team, you know, a month apart. You know, you, you're still looking at what they did against you and then trying to figure out what they're going to try to do next time. All right, Corey, nice going at the start here. Thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Yep, no problem. Thank you. That's Indian starting pitcher Corey Kluber, who is off to just a tremendous start with seven wins. And uh, at least heading into last night, he was tied for the American League lead in victories. Also, very impressive on the mound in the starting rotation for the Indians. And a very limited role so far has been Adam Pletko. He was called up in early May to start the second game of a doubleheader against the Toronto Blue Jays and earned his first major league win that night. He was even better against the Chicago Cubs on Wednesday night. And he is firmly into that starting rotation, and he knew that going into his start on Wednesday night. It was not just the the one and done and then back to AAA for Pletko. Instead, he's been informed that he's staying with the ball club, and he says it's a comforting thought, but not something that he thinks about a whole lot when he's on the mound. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to whether it was the doubleheader game that I started or, or last night. It's not about the the chances that you get beyond this. It's about the chances you have right now and right there in front of you. So it's about executing pitches uh, at, at Wrigley Field. It's not about what's going to happen in a week or, or 10 days or anything like that. But um, I, I think I was really just trying to be in the moment uh, at Wrigley because that place can really spin you out of control if you're not careful. And early on, some control struggles, which is not you. Um, what was going on early, and what allowed you to get back into a real good groove? Definitely very anxious early. Uh, I was pretty nervous to hit, and I think that kind of uh, spilled over into everything that I was kind of doing, even even pitching. Um, so I think once I got that bunt down uh, in the third and got up there, it kind of settled me down, really, and uh, just gave me a chance to breathe and, and get everything out and be like, okay, now I need to go out and, and do my job as a pitcher. Now, I know you had mentioned before the game you had not hit since your junior year in high school, mm-hmm. yet you looked like a natural getting the sack bunts down. You did so successfully. Uh, how long had you been working on that down at Columbus, knowing that you might start at Wrigley? Two days, honestly. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I look like a natural, but uh, I, I got him down, and I guess that's all that really matters. And you mentioned Wrigley Field pitching there. Not every player in the major leagues studies the game has an appreciation maybe for past history but you do what did it mean to you to to pitch at Wrigley Field based on your background oh man it's one of those few special places uh I think in the entire United States not just in in baseball I mean history wise it's ingrained in U.S. culture just like anything else in my mind obviously I'm super biased being such a baseball nerd but uh, there's the, just everybody that's walked through that place and, and, and pitched there. And Kerry Wood had, what, 20 strikeout game there. Mark Pryor was unbelievable back in those days. And, and even beyond that, even before those guys, you know, just superstars played there upon superstars. And 
my my cleats touching the same concrete as those guys, it, you know, it's it's pretty special. Adam Pletko joining us. Uh, six innings of no hit ball last night, and then the Indians hang on for the the one nothing win. You leave the game in a, a tough spot. Runners on the corners. It gets turned over to Andrew Miller. You know enough about this team to to know what could happen there uh, in terms of the good with Miller and Allen to follow. How much confidence did you have that, that the lead would hold up there heading into the last couple innings? Oh, man, anytime the 7-8 lefty comes out of the pen, you're just <laughs> fired up to see it because you know he's just going to shut them down, and that's exactly what he did. I, I, I don't really understand this whole bullpen struggle. Like, I know by the numbers they're struggling, but, man, that's a really good bullpen, and, and everybody just needs to hang on for me. It's been about two, three weeks that they've had, and, and they've been overworked and overused. But, man, they, they showed what they can do last night. And even Allen coming in after him and locking down a save in a, in a hostile environment like that, making it look that easy, it's, it wasn't that easy. And, he, and he's such a pro, both of them are, that they made it look that way. Personally, uh, you've had a great season. You were, you were putting up tremendous numbers at AAA Columbus, and that's transferred here to the major leagues. A year ago, it, it was a mess. And I know you're, you're pitching through some tough things. And, and explain the injury and why it held you back so much and how much of a difference it is this year fully healthy. Yeah, so I had a torn hip labrum uh, in my right uh, hip. So pushing off the mound uh, was extremely difficult um, and trying to get energy going uh, in a very directional uh, area towards home plate was difficult. So I was really spinning off, uh, kind of falling off towards first base. You'll see that with some pitchers, some right-handed pitchers will kind of fall off towards first base and nothing was really driving through home plate. So I feel like my ability uh, after the surgery to get that and and they actually got some more range, out, uh, range of motion out of the way my hips kind of worked with um, kind of reshaping the bones uh, in, in the socket and everything like that to and giving me some extra range of motion. Um, that's I think all of that uh, combined has really helped. And like I said too uh, earlier in the year, last year I just wasn't very good. I was behind in the count a lot. Uh, I didn't throw the ball down in the zone. I didn't command the ball. I had a ton of walks, career high in walks. Uh, and all of that adds up to not being very good. So whether you want to call it an injury or or just not being very good, uh, I knew I didn't make a serious change coming into this year. Oh, what a change it has been. Congratulations on the win last night. Thanks. Thanks, Rosie. That's Indians rookie starting pitcher Adam Pletko, who's off to a fine start as a starting pitcher in his major league career, 2-0. and after two starts with the Tribe, and he'll take the ball on Monday, looks like, for the Indians against the White Sox. Stay tuned. When we wrap things up on this edition of Tribe Talk, we'll hear from Indians Director of Player Development, James Harris, the weekly farm report coming your way shortly on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. Soon you'll have a separate fridge in the basement where extra groceries are exiled forever. Remember that frozen lasagna? Of course you don't. It's been down there since 2008. Good news is it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Piece of cake. Behind the lasagna, it's very old. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are taking on the Houston Astros. Some good things happening in the Indians' farm system. And as always, bringing us up to date on that is James Harris, the Indians' director of player development. He's been following the Lynchburg Ball Club 
recently. That's the single-A entry for the Tribe in the Carolina League. And we started with the position players on that ball club. And most impressive early on has been Connor Capel, someone that we saw in spring training games at the major league level. And uh, James talks about what they're seeing right now with Capel early in the season. Well, Connor's a guy who, who can play all through the outfield. Um, he's, a, he's a good teammate, comes in and, and works really hard. And he's, he's pr produced offensively this year, as he's done every year in the system. So he's, he's a guy who is exciting to watch. Um, you, can, you know exactly who he is in, in the field because he's a guy with, that brings some energy uh, to the park, and he's fun to watch. And it looks like some, some real good on-base percentage numbers for him. And when you look in the minor leagues, and obviously at the major league level, Jose Ramirez, a big on-base guy, and some others, and it, it works. Um, is that something you can teach a young player, or is it something that they bring to the table right away and just kind of build on? Well, that's the age-old qu old question. I mean, a guy who can put bat to ball, is I mean, that's what this sport is about. So you're hoping that in our scouting, as, our, as they come in from being scouted, we're looking for guys who, who can do that, and then – we're hoping in player development to make them do it better. So you can't play this game if you can't put the bat on the ball, but um, we think that we can develop, develop it too. Mitch Longo, another name uh, that we see a lot in terms of, of big games. He's hitting over 300 so far. A Northeast Ohio kid, went to Ohio U, and um, when you look at what Mitch has been able to do, what, what are you seeing there? Yeah, big, strong Ohio kid. Uh, he was hitting leadoff when I was there the other day, opened the game with a first-pitch homer. That excited the crowd, and we were on the road, and it excited the crowd. So he's a he's a guy who plays the game very passionately, um, who leads the team from that aspect, and uh, he works really hard to and to continue to develop, and he's moving up pretty quickly. Luke Wakamatsu, another name that we've talked about uh, a little bit in the past couple of seasons, a higher round draft choice. As a second-generation uh, player trying to make it to the major leagues, uh, do you notice some things there in terms of his baseball knowledge and, and experience? Yeah. I mean, his dad um, played and as well as coached in the, in the, at the major league level, so he's been coached his entire life. So he understands the, the language, the lingo, and the lifestyle of a, a professional baseball player, and he comes in and, and brings that to our, our park every day. He works really hard. He's playing for us at shortstop. He's probably one of the – the larger, taller shortstops that you'll see in, in baseball, and he's able to, to, to kind of facilitate that and stay at short. So it's, it's been good for him. And your third baseman there is Gavin Collins, who, who's gotten a lot of time at, at third so far. Um, what are you seeing from Gavin here as he fills out that infield? Interesting thing about Gavin is he's, he caught most of his life. So he was a catcher for a, a period of time. Now we're getting him on his feet. He's playing the hot corner, and he's, he's learning and, and developing over there. And the, the bat is what's what's keeping him alive right now, and he's continues to get better on defense every day. James Harris joining us, Indians Director of Player Development. We'll shift to the mound, and uh, they have a big left-hander down there at Lynchburg, Sam Henches, who's off to a real nice start. And uh, when you see someone 6'6", six, six, uh, you think big, strong, starting pitcher type. Is that what we're looking at with Henches? That's exactly what you're looking at, and a lefty at that. So he's, he's, he's a special human being. That when, you, when he walks into the room, you, you don't know what he plays. He could be a quarterback. He could have been. A, he could be a football player. But we're like, we're fortunate enough that he's a left-handed starting pitcher for us, and he's he's gone out there and had some success. Um, just like any young pitcher, um, as as these teams start to see you a second time, they start to be able to put the bat on the ball, and he's made the adjustments to be able to get some outs for us. Micah Minyard, another uh, starting pitcher down there, another big guy from the right side. He's a, he's another six-six guy. So I mean, they're the two tallest pitchers in our system. Uh, Mike was in Lake County last year, made the, 
the promotion this year to, to Lynchburg, and he's he's having a much better season than he had last year. So, I mean, that's what we ask our players to do is to get better year by year and throughout the season, and that's what Mike has done. Another pitcher who's no longer with Lynchburg recently called up uh, to the AA level is Kieran Lovegrove, and you have him out of the bullpen. And uh, what did you see from him in his time at Lynchburg that's allowed him to move up and make some progress? Well, first thing you're going to see is the, the mid-'90s fastball. And then what he's done this year is kind of changed his slot a little bit to get a little bit more movement on his breaking pitches. So he's a, he's a guy that has been able to get more swing and miss and more weak contact in the zone, but yet still try to throw it, blow it by you with, with, with mid-'90s. So um, he's been really fun to watch this year, and I'm, I'm glad he's had some success so far. And when you look at the staff at uh, Single A Lynchburg, Rublis Odor is the manager. He's been in this organization for a long time uh, as a hitting coach most recently at a higher level of AAA Columbus, managing for the first time. And uh, how's he doing down there with, with that adjustment? Uh, he's, he's doing great. He's managed in, the, in winter leagues in Venezuela, so he's had some experience in that area, and he's had a strong interest in the players and in, in leadership. And uh, so he, get, he earned the opportunity this year, and he's doing a really good job. Of, of mentoring those guys and getting their work in every day. I mean, by trade, he's an, an infield guy, but he, he's coaching guys behind the plate. He's out in the outfield. He brings energy, and uh, it's fun to watch. It was fun to spend some time with him this week. And you mentioned spending time with, with a team, and I know you try and uh, see the teams as often as you can. And you catch Lynchburg on the road, and, and what can you see from a team when, when you spend several days around them, especially when they're on in the midst of a road swing? Yeah, it's midseason right now, so, I mean, by this time, they've, they've played dozens of games. So what you're looking for is you're looking for the same amount of, of work and energy that you were getting at the beginning of the season. And that's what our, our managers and our coaches do a great job of. Our players bring energy to the park every day. Yes, this is a job, but it, it shouldn't be monotonous. So they come in, they switch things around, and it's been a lot of fun for them to, to play the game because they love it. I mean, this is a, imagine this as a job. That's, it's, it's, it's fun for them. We should say Lynchburg was in Myrtle Beach this week when uh, James caught up with him, so that's always a, a fun place to be for sure. James, thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks for having me. That's Indians Director of Player Development, James Harris, talking Tribe Farm System with us here on Tribe Talk. And that's going to do it for this week's edition. Hope you can join us next week. The Indians will be back out on the road in Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Twins in a key Central Division matchup series at Target Field, so we hope you can join us then. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.